I say anything? Oh my God, we're just being normal. Oh, jerking her, jerking her. Do you want to get your headphones? Well, no. Crystal takes her shirt off. Stick around. <laughs> Should we say it the same time? Yeah. One, One two, two, three. three. Jerking, jerking around. around. A podcast, podcast with Tisha, Tisha and Crystal. Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we decided. Tisha and I have been friends for about thirty. Wait, thirty years. Twenty-five. Oh, 25 years. I'm not that old. No. And we um, we met in high school, and we did high school cheer together, and then we went on to college together, then we do life together. We married best friends. Our kids are best friends. It's just one of those. But we are Christian women that have grown closer to God and also been through a lot of garbage together, and we've navigated life. And we see that today in society, there's a lot of garbage. <clears throat> there's a lot of, like, Instagram highlight wheels. There's a lot of people that feel alone, that feel like they can't hang. There's a lot of divorce. There's a lot of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And we just feel like maybe someone needs a friend out there, someone to feel like they're not alone, someone to feel that they're parenting, they're not alone, someone to feel like their marriage, it's okay to not like your spouse, but still stay married and be happy all in one. So we just wanted to share a light on like our why and how. So Tisha doesn't like podcasts. She thinks they're dumb. I've sent her about a hundred to listen to. She doesn't like self-help. She doesn't like goal setting. Motivational speaking. I just can't. I feel like it's so phony. And I feel like it's people that have less figured out than me. Not that I have anything figured out because I don't. No one does. Well, you've got hobo. (laughs) No, Crystal thinks I dress like a homeless person. It's so rude. Just lately. She thinks it's a style, but it is the style. Like, I get it. Like, I see where she's going. Not But since I was epic, it's gone way too far. Not everybody's going to the prom on a Tuesday. I don't look like I'm going to prom, but I just think baggy and then there's homeless and you're dancing in the homeless (laughs) category. Like, I'm in a flannel and baggy jeans or... Have you seen... I haven't showered in weeks. Have you seen the, the kids these days? I'm not a kid but I think I am a kid. It's a little weird. I feel like I might be having a midlife crisis in a way. I think you are. I do too. I know. I really do think. But like in a positive way, not like in I'm leaving That's my husband. people say. Not like when in I'm leaving my husband or buying a sports car. Can we say what you said yesterday? <laughs> so we're in a, a meeting and we're talking about, I've had a tummy tuck and my boobs done. I've had it all done. Mommy makeover. Yeah. And I, we had a friend just get some um, liposuction done. In her stomach. Yeah. And she was tiny, but she had the pooch, and so she wanted it gone. So anyways, Tisha's talking to our other friend, and she said, well, I'm going to leave it the way it is, but if if something happened to Ben, she'd do a tummy tuck and a labiana tuck lift. <laughs> well, I said, if we're going back on the market, let's get things cleaned up. I mean, it's not like anything's weird there. It's not. It's great. I mean, it's great. But well, say what you said. It but changed. But it's different. After you pop out a couple kids, things aren't quite Describe. as tight as they were in all areas, not tight, tight's the wrong word, like, um, buttoned up, buttoned up, pinned up, buttoned up is a perfect word. You know, things are just a little more like on display. (laughs) Nothing's just for the record. Nothing is drooping. Everything is nothing is drooping. What are they doing at tuck? Like Olivia tuck. I know what they do in a tuck. I'm not a plastic surgeon. Do they cut and then re-sew? Like yeah, how- I think they do. I think it's just like maybe things are more buttoned up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you should maybe um, Google Google images. Anyone? I no, she also said that she wasn't going to no, get I her tubes tied because she wanted Ben to have his second vasectomy because he already had one. And then she changed her mind and wanted more kids. So then she said he needs to reverse it. Because she was having a small midlife because her kids were all starting school. And she didn't. She was like, oh, God, I, I need another kid because this is what I love. And then he reversed it, and then they got pregnant, 
And then after Fox was born, she was going to want him to do it again. And I said, no, you're having a C-section. Get your tubes tied. She I love said, how I, she's the one that gets the mommy makeover, but I'm the one having the midlife crisis. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's a little deflection here. We're no, deflecting. No, when you have a yeah. fupa, you want it to up. <laughs> But no, you do when it's yeah. sitting on your lap and you don't have a kid on your lap, but there's a stomach on your lap. It's awkward. And my boobs were facing two different directions. It's fine. And they were also sitting on my stomach okay. and I wanted it picked up. Let's Anyways, get back to what we're No. Yeah. So let's get back. So she wanted to get her to Ben to get a vasectomy no, because before. she said if Ben died and she remarried, he might want to have kids. So she wants to keep her options open. No, I just... You didn't say your whole family was dying. I'm, you said that in front of people later. I'm a bit of a doomsday-er. I have... I mean, if you go to my house right now, I've got three months supply of freeze-dried food and water. <laughs> I'm not joking. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a safety girl. You know, I'm prepared. And I just was preparing for if my whole family died in a car crash, I would want to have another family. She didn't say her whole family. She no, said No, no, that... I said my whole later, family. Later, she said whole family in front of other people because it did sound rude. So she's like, it sounds better... Because she's really good at getting people to like agree. Like if we're in a setting and we're saying something, she'll make you sound like you're the, you're an idiot. Like one time we were at the beach and she said that I personally don't like hot dogs, but if you want to be someone that likes hot dogs, like that's fine. And after that, I just feel like we're getting completely off topic. We're here. just telling a hot dog but, story. Yeah. Why don't you tell about the hot dog story that you had? So when you had one, <laughs> you're an idiot. I don't like hot dogs, but some people do. And so I said, if you like hot dogs, then that's great. I personally don't want to eat hot dogs. But or be someone that eats particles from a pig. Yeah. And, but if you do, then, you know, that's your choice. And I kind of do that where I tell people that if they want to do stupid things, um, that's their choice and I'm not going to judge them. So. so one time she was at the beach and there's this guy. She really liked. I just we gotta tell oh, Dana the story. Cool, oh, the cooler it's, story. No, so she no, tell the story. Let's start. Okay, so first of all, it's not like we were at the beach. I followed him to the beach in San Diego with he went on spring break with his friends and I was like, Okay, we gotta go, we gotta get there. So I made my friends go with me and then I acted like I just happened to be at the beach. <laughs> and I was like, Oh hey, you're here too. Like not like I didn't stop. They were you. in Phoenix, so she drove to California to, to the San exact Diego. same beach. So it was back in the day, I mean, we're really dating ourselves here but it was back when you could still drink on the beach in San Diego and so we had stopped at the gas station and got one of those styrofoam coolers <laughs> and so we're like walking up and down that we loaded it full of beer and we're walking up and down the beach just three girls and we're walking up and down the beach and we're like looking for him and his friends because I followed him the California. I mean, what an idiot, you know? And so, um, and we're walking up and down the beach and we can't find him anywhere. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. So I, I set the cooler down and I'm just like, Oh, I'm like, you know, I'm hot and I'm tired. And so I go to, I go to sit to take a rest on the cooler and the cooler busts open and ice and sand ice goes in the sand everywhere. And I'm like on my back legs in the air and we look over and they're all right there. And I hadn't even seen them and they were right there and they saw me break the cooler. Like it was mortifying. Like not only did I stop you and follow you here, but now I broke the cooler. It wasn't, I was an idiot when I was single. Did he hang out with you after that? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was glad he Yeah. Oh yeah. He didn't have a choice. It was like, I'll find you, you know? It was a little that, like, wedding crasher, spring break crasher. Oh, yeah. No. There was no not hanging out with me. Yeah, we were stalker, like, stalkers. 
like really stalker. <laughs> One time I'm like, he's scared, you know. <laughs> He has a fear of commitment. Yeah. All, Nobody really does. No, they don't. They just, he's oh, not I was that calling him. I drove to Flagstaff to be with a guy. And he, he wasn't looking for me, but I thought he was. <laughs> I was like, he's scared because it was summer at NAU. <laughs> um, we went to NAU and it yeah. was summer, so he lived up there. So I was like, he doesn't know it. Like, he's never had feelings for someone like this. And like, we he's, weren't like hooking up at all. He's got another girl's underwear in his drawer. No, and, that wasn't that guy. That oh. was another guy. <laughs> I was all, I don't think this he's is, scared. This I think is, he's banging someone else. This is my he cook-up was, really he was scared, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced. I know. We really were good friends. Yeah. And we didn't hook up. I thought he respected me, but maybe he wasn't into it. You know, he was hooking up with other girls. Yeah, no. I don't think he was that into it. She's all, he respects me too much to kiss me, and I'm all. <laughs> and then he's making out with this girl over here. I'm all. That girl was an idiot. Ma- oh, remember that girl? She I'm was like all, plain Jane. Well, maybe Tom. he likes her. You know? Yeah, I didn't think so. So anyways, so we drove up to Flag, and... Um, I saw him at the bar and he didn't really hang out with me that much, but I thought he was scared to see me. You know, he wasn't ready. And then I went to his house and I kept calling him from block numbers. <laughs> and Jen's like, Jen's like, I don't think he's answering. I'm like, no, he's there. Just keep going. <laughs> so then he never came down. So I was just outside in the snow banging on the door and he never came down. And then he didn't call me for a few days. And I didn't know why. And Jen's like, I think I know why. And she played bugaboo the whole way home. She's like, I think you need to know, like, I don't think he's that into you. No. And that was Sex in the City. That was a big lesson for us yeah. in college. No. Like, he's really just not that into you. Yeah. I, if I could tell young girls out there right now, like, it's so true. He's really not that into you. Even if they're scared, when they really want something, they're not that scared. Yeah. If they're not calling, And they're if they're not scared of you, you, maybe it's not the right fit. Because <laughs> it's he's going to be scared of you forever. <laughs> Although, I do think my husband's a little scared of me. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm a little scared of you. Yeah. <laughs> No, we were starting to tell why we oh. had become friends for so long. Oh, gosh. And then you got off topic. <sighs> it's always my fault. No, I, I feel like we've moved on. But anyways, okay. we've been friends for a long time. Tisha's not into self-help. I'm really into self-help. I but hate the self-help. I have a podcast I listen to all the time. And it's Giggly Squad. I love it. I also listen to Pillows and Beer. And I listen to a ton of self-help. I love the self-help. I read the self-help. I'm really into leadership. I'm really into trying to be the best I can be. But sometimes... I, I want to be the worst I can be. No, like, but you just don't... Like, you think... Well, I love you, but I think you think I already know. I do. feel like <laughs> I do. Because half of the people that are doing self-help, I'm like, have you even been through something hard? True. And so... I do. And I just feel like a lot of them, or they're trying to capitalize and make money off of um, people that are lost and searching. And, you know, that's kind of, I don't want to name any names, but there's like a female that was like a big, you know. Self-help guru. Yeah. And I felt like she was almost taking advantage of women and trying. Weaker women. Weaker women. And it was like all under the guise of trying to empower them. But I'm like, you're really just trying to empower yourself. And I don't feel like you even, and I'm not saying she didn't go through anything hard. I just think there's, I, I'm just not into that. I don't know. I have a hard time with the self-help. I do think that we're, I think that God created us in his image. And so I think that by design, we are programmed to search for that. If we're not following him, I do think that there is kind of a missing piece and that we're searching for something. And I would say my solution to that would be what I found my solution is and everyone has their own journey and their own kind of, you know, 
journey that they're on, but my solution would be to follow God and Jesus because I feel like he created us. So we're kind of meant to do that. And I think that people get messed up when they follow other people because people are imperfect. You know, God is the only perfect thing out there. So if you're following other people, people are going to mess up and that's where you get let down. That's where, you know, you kind of get off track because you're worshiping something that's not meant to be worshiped. So that's kind of where I struggle with the self-help. I feel like a lot of them kind of put themselves on this pedestal that they want people to kind of idolize them. or And I'm just not into that. It's hard for me. I didn't grow up um, with any sort of upbringing in religion. I think I knew of the mention of God, but I didn't ever have a relationship. My family didn't have a relationship with God, so I never went to church. I never thought of anything outside of myself that was like looking out for me or guiding me. And I kind of just was going through life by myself. Um, I I had a rough upbringing. I'm not going to get into that because we only have a little bit of time. But I had things happen to me and I kind of just was in like fight or flight my whole life growing up until um, I met Crystal in high school. And I definitely felt like there was something different about her. She had just kind of like a confidence and a light about her that a lot of kids don't have in high school. A lot of people feel like are hurting in a lot of youth, teenagers, they're hurting, they're lost, they're searching. And I was one of them and she didn't have that. She was like always, I remember in high school, she would be eating lunch with the the special needs kids. And like what popular cheerleader is choosing to spend her lunch sitting with the special needs kids and eating lunch with them every day. I mean, it's really remarkable when you think about it. And so I always kind of saw something different in her and I think that's what drew me to her. And I think we just kind of naturally um, were drawn to each other. And I think that, you know, I found, I she asked me to go to church. We started going to church and it wasn't until my twenties though that I found, um, I, you know, got saved and formed a relationship with Jesus, but she never pushed it on me. She just would kind of always be like, Hey, you want to go to church? And it was like, church was fun. And it was like, she never was judgmental to anyone, even though she had grown up Christian and she had that foundation. She never was like, I'm better than anybody. It was a very humble example and a very sermon example. And you know, no one at that age in life is doing that for people. They're not. They're they're self-serving and or they're in survival mode like I was. You know, my mom was on drugs. I was going home to the power being turned off. I mean, I was like the furthest thing from my mind was helping anybody else, you know, and I think that is the case for a lot of young people. They're especially, you know, like growing up in a broken home. I did, but it's even more nowadays and there's even more. I feel like there's a lot of nastiness in the world and divide, and I think not a lot of security. <clears throat> security, right? So I think kids nowadays are just in survival, and yeah. So, anyways, Crystal. So in in our twenties, college. I think it was past college, wasn't it? Or was yeah. during? No, past. it was past. Yeah. So I and mean, we've been best friends the for whole time. eight years, and God's very much a part of my life. But it didn't ever click till that one service. Yeah, we went to one service and then she was thinking that service was kind of dumb. You know when you bring someone, you're like, oh, I hope it's going to be good. Like, oh, I got them here. Like you say, bring them. And then you'll take it from there. And it was like a service that was so boring. And it was never boring. And I was like, oh, God, dang it. Like we missed it. And I'd turn over. And then I'm walking out and I'm all 
God, take me, you know? Hysterical in the seat. Oh, it was like God just really spoke to me and I just, it was clear as day. And it's so funny how like that's such a personal experience that she didn't get that at all from that service. So it's cool. And then from that day forward, then we got baptized together. She had already been baptized younger, but she had fallen off the wagon in college. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I mean, so we got baptized together. We joined a single small group. Oh, remember when I told them that? I know, we got to save that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, it's definitely, I feel like back to what I was saying is everyone has their own journey about what they're looking for, what, you know, how I found purpose and, and guidance in my life is, you know, through God and Jesus and I would encourage anybody who's having that searching feeling in their life to explore that route because I, I think there is a lot of noise from um, celebrities and self-help, which I think the self-help, it, it ha- does have a positive undertone. I think that most self-help people probably do mean well, but I think sometimes if we're not careful, it can take away from like... Going to him. Yes, and that's the ultimate self-help. So I was a Christian my whole life, so I didn't really ever feel the difference in the hot and the cold. Like, he was always my buddy. Like, you know, I, hey, God, I'd like a new bike. Maybe we can make that happen. No, like, this is for real. Even nowadays, she's I like, like I just, I'm going to, God's going to tell me where to send my kids to high school. And in my head, I'm like, you're an idiot. God doesn't care about that. There's, like, people dying in Africa, you know? And so we have a totally different relationship. He's just my buddy. And I pray about every, Like, I pray, I ask for everything. I ask for what I want. Like, what's her Starbucks order going to no, be? No, I do. I pray about everything. I'm not exaggerating. No, I do. And, and so I haven't really lived without that. Like, I don't know what life is like without that relationship and the all-knowing and the peace behind that relationship. So I think for her going from hot to cold, like from living alone and soul to see the difference, as soon as she became a Christian, she kind of went all in. Like, it was almost like where people were like, she was wearing like a smokta. Remember Joey was like, what are you wearing? She yeah. Like, well, because like the month normal. before I got my boobs hanging out yeah. and then all of a sudden he sees me and I'm in a turtleneck. He's like, what's happening here? Oh, I hit my mic there. She wore a corset once with her bra out like Carrie from Sex and City. But oh, I wanted like to be Carrie so bad, you know? It was this big change. And I was I, calling everyone Mr. Big. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, but remember, it was like you went, I think that happens to a lot of new Christians. They go so far conservative and so far because you want to nail it. You want to... You want to live it right. And then gradually in time, you've created You find a balance. Yeah, I think it's like anything in life. When you find it and it's so powerful and good, you are all in. It's anything. It's a new job. It's a new relationship. I think a lot of times people in new relationships, it's all consuming. And then, um, and then yeah, I think you do find that balance of how to walk in life and still have those beliefs but not be so like the other way where I'm almost losing the people that... Winning people, yeah. Yeah, the, and... They're hurting. Yeah, and who I was, is I never want to discount my journey and who I was during that time when I had my boobs out because I was... Or still, you still have your nipples out. <laughs> <laughs> God, please help me put my nipples away. I'm not seeing it, and I think that you might need to intervene because I'm I've not... I've been praying about it for yeah. a while. I'm not seeing it, God. No, I haven't been. But. No, but that it's the truth, though. It doesn't matter. It and doesn't. so for me, like, self-help, I still am into it because my relationship's kind of right. set, settled. It's just the thing where I didn't see, I don't have a big change where I think you really saw the change in the living without and then living with the with. Right. And I think that's, a, yes, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. What I'm seeing is maybe those lost people getting in the self-help and I'm 
thinking, guys, we're going down a wrong, like you're going the wrong way. But again, it's not my journey to decide and God will, um, he'll step in with all those people when it's their time. Yeah. And you can still like self-help and like God. Totally. And there are some self-helps I love. Craig Rochelle. I love Craig Rochelle and he looks like Ben. So I'm really into him. I do think he can work through people. I think that, um, he gives us all spiritual gifts and I think even seeing him work through Crystal, I think he gives her spiritual gifts, um, you know, humor. She has a very generous heart. She is like one of the most giving people I've ever met. And she gives a lot to everybody and, and pays for people. She helps and donates. And, you know, if she knows of someone in need, she's the first person to give them whatever they need. And I think that's God working through her. And yeah. And I think self-help, there's, I think like the person we're talking about that we're not going to say on here, but I think a lot of like the ones I follow, they, they start with like a God-centered lead. But what happens is the world pulls them in yes. and we start chasing the world rather than chasing him. And they start making it about them. them and instead that's of where him. they have the problem. Yes. Like, you know, and a, then it all falls apart. A pastor that's preaching and telling you to look to God, I don't have a problem with that. It's when they're wanting the people to, to look to them, pay them, invest in them. And I'm like, you're just getting rich off all these right. And you get lost in it. The me, the like the self-help person we're discussing, she was very like, it's okay to not be with your kids. Like as a mom, you, you know, we all have that longing for independence. That's, that's innate, but that's the world saying we can juggle everything and put our kids on the back burner and our husband's on the back burner. We have to keep things in order to feel real fulfillment. And as a mom, like mom guilt is a thing, quote unquote, but I also think mom guilt is a parameter on when you're losing yourself. When you're running to the world instead of to him, to your family, to your kids, I think mom guilt is a parameter that we really need to listen to. And when mom guilt sets in, maybe we need to spend more time at home. Not saying you can't juggle all the things, because trust me, I do. But I think it's a real thing. And I think society is telling us that we need to ignore that. And I don't think we should ignore it, but I don't think we should also lose ourselves in our marriage or in our kids. I think our kids want someone strong to look up to. And I think you can juggle all those things, but I think it's a constant battle for me to remember that my husband and kids come first, not my success. Cause it's a battle for me. Cause I like to win and I like, you know, I, I like that. I like it to be, yeah, and I you think know, everybody's, I have to battle that. I think everyone's different. Like you are very success driven and very work driven. You have like an intrinsic motivation to um, achieve where I don't have that as much. I think I grew up... You're very family-led. Yeah, I grew up and didn't have a good family. So my goal in life was like, I'm going to have the best family and I'm going to be the best mom. And so as... A and state. a wife with their nipples out. Yes, and I'm gonna be the hottest wife that thinks no, she's but 20. You really no, care. but no, and I. So I found I found fulfillment being a stay-at-home mom. And then I, when I started working, I was like, oh, this is great. Like, but it wasn't something that I needed. Where I feel like I needed it. You needed it, and a lot of women fall in both our categories. Yeah. So, and, and that was a guilt. When I stayed home, I felt guilty that. My mother-in-law stayed home and raised amazing kids. She had a little side hustle. And my mom and dad always worked. And I always craved that stay-at-home mom life. Like, I always remember kids bringing their lunch. And I wanted to bring my lunch so bad. I was so sick of the pizza and the brownies. I had, like, two every day because I was a bigger kid. But I wanted that. I craved that stay-at-home mom so much. And I went to the Boys and Girls Club after school. Like, I just had... That very, my parents were very working. And so when I saw Kyle's mom, I, and I knew that's what Kyle wanted, my husband, he wanted that same wife. 
And so I was really trying to identify as that. And I was miserable at home. Like I, I felt so lost. I would clean the house 12 times and cook elaborate dinners and bake. And I'd get home and I'd be on the porch waiting for Kyle to tell me good job. Like I needed that good job and I couldn't get it from him. You know, I needed to kind of have my own side hustle. It made me a better mom. I have a calendar on the di- the fridge for my kid was three months. And I was like, <laughs> tummy time, 30 minutes, wake time, fall asleep awake because I read Baby Wise. And I had this schedule and I was like, Kyle, it's tummy time, it's 9.30. And he's like, this is psycho. And I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy being a mom at that stage because I was so trying to find those success points. Something I could check off my list that I did right today. And I felt like if I kept going down that path, my kids would be whacked because I was putting all of my identity into them instead of in God and into who he created me to be. And that was someone that needed, I need a side hustle. And I think there's a lot of women out there that do need a side hustle. Totally. There's nothing wrong with working and being a mom and a wife. But it's a balance. Yeah. you have. If I'm not careful, I could side hustle right out of my family. Totally. Like I, I really mean that. And I, it's like not scary, but like I have to remind I'm myself. Scared. No, but, and I look up to you and I wish that I could sometimes yeah. be more content without the need to feel that achievement. But I also think God created us different for a reason. Right. And like we have our different callings for a reason. I don't know. How did you gradually get out of that? What steps did you take? Are you laughing because yeah. of the story? This is, we're like Ross and Rachel. We we, we ha- went on a break. We, we were on a break. Yeah. So that's a funny story. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. So Tisha was, her and Ben, um, again, she married Kyle's best friend and we're best friends. So she was looking for a house and my parents were realtors my whole life. And I absolutely despised it. I thought it was the worst job on the planet. And I was a teacher, um, growing up. That's what was my job before I stayed home and a coach. And so she was looking for a house and she, she ended up buying a house with a different realtor, not her parents, not my parents. And my parents are older. I don't think they'll listen to this, but (laughs) they were very offended by that. And so my parents were on a huge pedestal and I was very offended because my dad was very offended because he, we kind of like growing up, we took Tisha in, like she was like, one of our family. So my dad very much like took pride in like helping her find her next house, like as her daughter, you know, and it, knowing a lot of the backstory now that we weren't able to talk about as natural as friends are, you know, Ben had a relationship with a buddy that he played baseball with and that he, you know, just felt comfortable going that way. It's who Ben had bought his first house with and he kind of was wanting to use him. And so we Sorry went, for another we went that route. So we didn't talk for two years over various things. There was a lot building that could be its own podcast in itself. There was a lot building with our friendship. I think we were a little codependent at the time too. And so everything that she did or I did very much affected us. So my parents got really pissed. I got really pissed. We didn't talk. She ended up buying the house. She wasn't telling me everything about what was going on with the house. I was scared. Yes. And then I was like, this is fishy. She tells me when she pees, but she bought a house without telling me. I felt like it was behind my back. She was just scared. Anyways, so this is the truth, and I don't think I've ever told you this. So I started searching on MLS every day to find the house because she did we weren't talking anymore. Oh, and like I to see where I was going. Yes. Wow. So I got obsessed with finding it because I knew what you wanted. Like I knew the house that she would want. So I would search in our area because I had clues that it was kind of close to me. <sighs> and I freaking found the house. Like I found it. And I was like, this is it. So then when she like moved in, then when she closed, I could see the name on title. <sighs> and it was hers. And I had found it. Cause I know what she likes. So then I was like, started getting obsessed with searching on MLS. Anyways, I ended up getting my license just to help my dad on the side. And then I was like, as I was going to school, Broxton was six months old and I was still breastfeeding and I would go to school for real estate two nights a week. And we had gone 
like losing your best friend when you're like family, I was very lost. It was like one of the hardest times in my life. And I was so lost without her that I think I was searching for something for me because I had this void and I went to real estate school. And that's when I, when I started going back to school, I felt that like I'm back, you know, like I can do this. And like, I thought it was going to be this side hustle, but so, God had different plans. So really whole tour of homes has me to think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we're just putting it out there. Yeah. So I got licensed. There would be no whole tour of homes without me. And then I felt like a piece, like that's where God was calling me and it felt good. And Kyle and I, when I stayed home, we were on a tight income. I was cleaning houses. Like that's something a lot of people don't know, especially when they see where we are now. I would clean my best friend's parents' houses. I mean, and I didn't have a scrubber for the toilet. So I would clean the toilet with a Clorox wipe in my hand. And I'm thinking this is a low, like I am cleaning my friend's parents' houses because we had no money and I just want to get my nails done. And so it was like, I was like, I'll make, I'm a hustler. Like I'll figure out a way. And so I was doing that. And then I remember Kyle and I were so broke. And I remember my sister-in-law was getting married and we were going to, the sister-in-law said, let's all pitch in and pay for her to get her hair done. I hate when people do that. I didn't have any money to get her hair done. I didn't have money to buy my own dress. So when you, back then they didn't have Venmo. So if you had a pitch in, you had to give cash, yeah. like real money. So we had to take our quarters in to the store and pour all of our quarters so I could give $40 of my portion to get her hair done. And we were so embarrassed to tell his family because I had student loan debt and I didn't have the perfect upbringing. So it was kind of less like, I might've put it on myself that like within our, our marriage, I felt like the, the, the black sheep. Like my parents weren't the thing. Like I had the dad. The so I didn't want them to know we didn't it. have money because it was embarrassing, you know, but we, we were tied on one income. And I remember that day I was crying in the car because I was like, I am so bugged that I don't have money. And I promised myself, I just passed my test. And that's the story for another time. And I was like, I'll never be this broke again. I will never, ever be this broke again. And I've never been that broke again. So it was a blessing, but that's, and then I started to feel myself, but I, it's a battle for me constantly. I think keeping our business God-centered and focused on his plans is what balances me out. And I have to remind myself, and that's why I listen to self-help is because I listen to the right people that have been successful, but keep God the center and keep their marriages the center. Cause a lot of self-help, the women are trying to outshine the man in my perspective. And I think with the right man, they don't care if you outshine like Kyle's fine. Like Carrie on sex in the city where she's like the horse, you know, big, he, he couldn't handle that. She was crazy. And she went up to the horse and she's like, one day you have to find a man. That's not going to tame you. That's yeah. going to let you run wild. And that's luckily my husband, he's not in competition with me. Yeah. Benny isn't he? Yeah. But the other guys were like, they loved that I was outgoing. And then when we'd be together, they'd be like, you care about everyone more than me. Yeah. And then they'd slap me around a little and no. you know, but kind of, no, but they were mean anyways. No. And I think with self-help you, you very much like to listen to other people and learn from other people where I'm more of a figure it out yourself kind of gal. And so that's where, like you're saying, you listen to the, the right people and you like, you, you I long for that. Yeah. You definitely love. Um, learning from others and which is such a great quality. I'm more like, I'm going to figure it out by myself and then I'll get back to you on that. Like, well, I think it's the way we were raised too. Like I very much did not go against my parents ever in yeah. my life. Like my parents raised me very, like they respected me and like trusted me and I never would let them down, which was a blessing. But what the downfall is I didn't know how to make decisions without my parents. Okay. Right. And without someone else's okay. So I'm always looking for that person right. to tell me what I'm doing is okay. And I had to always you didn't have that. I didn't have that. So I was always making my own decisions, figuring things out on my own. And then 
I learn to trust myself because I'm really the only one I can count on. So it's just a different, so that's where I have a hard time. I mean, I even have a hard time listening to Ben Yeah. and, and it's not personal. It's not that I don't trust him. It's just my, my, Tell your wife. Yeah. Cause you guys, you learned from counseling. You told me that story. Oh yeah. We went, so we went to counseling because, oh, it's so funny because, um, well we adopted our oldest and, um, he was my nep. He was my nephew. He's now my son, but we, we, my sister was having a hard time. And so this was also the break. Yeah. During the break. So we needed to step in and, you know, Ben coming from a family that is married, never had any sort of, um, substance abuse issues in with his immediate family that was really foreign to him. And he was really like, this is scary taking on someone else's kid, kind of bringing that whole dynamic into our life of, you know, people that are, He's thinking like, is there going to be people on drugs coming to our house? You know, we had two small children at the time. We had a newborn and an 18 month old. So he was like not wanting to. So we were definitely battling and not on the same page at all. So his parents, which are amazing, they um, suggested we go to counseling and me being the figure it out person I am. I'm like, counseling is so stupid. Why would I listen to a counselor? I already know everything. You toughen up, you figure it out, you do the, you do what you got to do. And he's like, we need to go to counseling. I'm like, oh my gosh. So our first time we're sitting in counseling and the counselor's like, okay, so tell me why you guys are here. And I'm like, yeah, counseling is stupid. And he's like, oh, okay. So tell me more about that. I'm like, yeah, the counseling's for self-indulgent people that think they want to talk about themselves, talk about their problems. I'm like, suck it up, buttercup. And you know, in my life, I've been through quote unquote hard things I'm thinking. And I'm, and I'm feeling like people that go to counseling haven't, even though that was ignorant. And I'm like, oh, these people are just with their made up problems. So anyways, we, we started our counseling journey, which was amazing. I would highly recommend that for any couple, even if you're great, I think it can only make it a good thing, even better. It's so healthy and so, so necessary. And, um, our counselor, so Ben used to get really mad because at night I would be like, Hey, will you check? Or I'd ask him, Hey, is the alarm set? And then he'd be like, yeah, I said it. And then I would go and check. And he used to get so pissed off. He's like, God, you don't trust me. You know? And I'm like, no, it's, I just have to see it for myself. And so that came up in counseling and our counselor, it was so great because he told Ben, he said, she has learned to rely on herself and she, this has nothing to do with you. She, it has nothing to do with her not trusting you. It is just, she needs to see things for herself. And so the sooner you figure that out, the less offended you're going to be. And the less, the less personal. And that, I mean, isn't that what we do all the time in relationships and marriages and friendships? We make it about us. And 99.8% of the time, it's not about it's not about us. It's about them and their own thing. And I think in marriage, I, he was making it about him and it wasn't, it was me. And so with time we've learned to, I've learned to trust him more and I still don't like, nah. I don't, oh, let's just be honest. Yeah. I don't trust him at all. We joke no, about I it. Trust him, no, we joke now. Me and Ben joke about it because Ben and I are a lot alike. And he just Kyle knows I'm going to check the alarm and he's like, She'll come back 10 times. Did you get Fox out of the car? Did oh, you get Fox out of the car? I have this fear. So yeah. our friend. And I'm like, you've told, you've called him 10 times. I know. She makes But he me. doesn't get that mad about it. No, he doesn't. It's mm-hmm. great because of yeah. the counseling. Yeah. And he knows it's just me. But no, our um, our friend, it was horrible. Their, their daughter passed away um, 
from the hot car incident. And so it's a huge fear of mine that is now no longer irrational. It's very rational. And especially where we live, it's like hot nine months out of the year. So I have a fear that he's going to leave our little one in the car. So when I'm not with him and he has him, I no joke call him 25 times. Yeah, it's really special. It's special. Sometimes he's like, oh my God, I got it. But you know, but that's what's great is he lets me be me. I let him be him. So yeah. That's it, the summary. Yeah. But that was all during the break. So when we had the break, her when she was going for CJ, like it was her nephew, and I had been around. That was hard for us because, like, sometimes in our friendship, she would call me, and and we still do that a little. But I do think we go to our husbands more than we did when we were first married. Yeah. So she would call me about CJ, like, hey, what should I do? And obviously, I wanted her to take him, but. That's a big thing in a marriage. It's not my place to say what's right for their marriage. So it wasn't just about the real estate deal, why we weren't friends. That was also very uncomfortable. They were fighting a lot about that scenario. Right. And I felt like I needed to step back because I didn't want to push her to take CJ and him resent her. They had to decide that. And I don't have good control over my mouth. So I backed away a little bit because of that. And in spite of that, they went to counseling. And then later, Kyle and I went to counseling after they went to counseling. Like, it's just crazy how God takes all this and turns it into like a blessing. So I think a good thing to take away from today is that like your journey is not going to be perfect. And there's so much good in the imperfections, like in relationships, in business, and in yourself. I think if you can know that when you're going through something, there's a reason. And on the other side, you're going to be okay. Definitely. And I want them to take away like... A, a positive message from, you know, being a part of sitting with us and talking. And I want them to feel like they're not alone and nobody's perfect. Even if on social media or their marriage seems perfect or their life seems perfect, nobody's perfect. And everybody's had crap happen. And, you know, you're not alone. Even if you're just listening on the other side, it's like, we're, we're here. And I want people to relate and yeah. And you can have your nipples out and be respected. And yeah, and you can have a bitchy best friend and it's going to be great. You know, I'm just kidding. Actually, I'm the more bitchy one. Yeah, I'm actually yeah. the yeah. nicer one, but I have my moments. Yeah. Finish it off, Tisha. Okay. If yep. you're really struggling, please reach out to a qualified professional because that's not us. We're just here to share our journey. And to make you laugh. <laughs>